have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my griefs has taken and all my eyes. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn. From my heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Now let's turn to page 108. 108. Angels from the realms of glory. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Shepherds in the fields abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with men is now residing, yonder shines the infant's light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Sages, leave your contemplations, brighter visions beam afar. Seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen his natal star. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Saints before the Let's do one more, 111, just across the page. 
111 Silent Night Holy Silent Night Take your prayer list if you need one. I'm not sure exactly where all the copies are. Uh, let's see, Rachel. Okay, she took Esther out. Is that, that's not them on the book back there in the back, is it? Okay, thought I saw them. All right. And, um, well, we had 75 this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Little Jonathan Ronald Svitsky was born Tuesday, and uh, our discipleship class is growing. It seems like every week we've got uh, two more coming, so that makes the total of 11. And uh, this is by far the largest class we've ever had, and so we praise the Lord for that. And uh, any other praises, only praises at this time, we'll get to the prayer request at the end of the service. Carolina. Amen. Patrick. Amen. Praise the Lord. Rowena. Praise the Lord. 
Okay. Rowena got a new job, Jamaica Hospital. I think it's Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4 or something like that, or? 7.30 to 5.30. Excellent hours, and praise the Lord. God does answer prayer. Uh, Gabriella. Amen. One more semester for Gabriella. It's been a long haul. There was, I guess it was close to 18 months. We only saw you like one service a week or something like that. And uh, praise the Lord, she stuck through it. A lot of times people just drop, use that as an excuse to drop out of church. Praise the Lord. He's kept Gabriella here and just one more semester. One more. Anita's got one more in a year, right? That's semester in a year. Yes, three more semesters for Anita. So praise the Lord. All right, any other praises? Oh, back here. Prayer does make a difference. Amen. Brother Ted. Amen. Amen. Peter? Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord, only nine more months of work before college starts. Anita. Now, how many of you have ever praised the Lord for slow public transit? (laughs) Amen. That's a wonderful thing. All right. God sometimes has a purpose. Did we get them all? Brother Franz? Yeah, it's been floating around, I'll tell you that. Gabriella. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow, three years. That's a long time. Praise the Lord. All right. God takes care of those things. Anyone else? Going once? Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the wonderful testimonies. Lord, we thank you for providing... Uh, ticket for Gabriella to go back and see her family in Romania. Lord, we thank you uh, for the slow bus, an opportunity to witness for Anita. Lord, we thank you that no matter what is going on around us, you're still in control. We thank you for your healing, your strength, your supplying jobs, your working in every situation. Lord, we thank you for your blessings upon us, which we don't see. We thank you for the fact that you do so many things for us every day that we're not aware of, that without them, 
we would not be here tonight. We thank you for being such a great and careful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz? Right, let's uh, stand and turn to page 107. 107, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Angels we have heard on high sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains. Take your Bibles, and we're going to turn to the book of Lamentations. How many know where Lamentations is in your Bible? We have Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. And so, um, Lamentations chapter 3, and I guess if we had a title for tonight's message, it would simply be this, When Do We Stop Hoping? Uh, there's... Uh, lot of, uh, of uh, 
things that go on around this time of the year, and uh, I don't know about you, but as we begin to face the coming year and looking at the uh, presidential elections shaping up, I don't know that we've ever in history had more people starting to run for president who are less qualified, and and, uh, uh, and that's, that's being incredibly gracious. Uh, I mean, we are sca scraping the barrel of human degradation as we look at a list of candidates, uh, including the uh, <clears throat> junior senator from New York. Uh, as we look at the people who aspire to be president, I don't know about you, but I mean, it's just looking bad. And uh, we look at the Congress and, and we look at what is going on in our country, and I, I mean, it just just looks bad, doesn't it? Uh, I don't mean to be discouraging, but I mean, it, it, uh, it's been a long time since we've had good news on the home front of, of uh, a country that has turned its heart toward God. Amen? And uh, as I was looking and, and praying about what to speak tonight, of course, we get to the Christmas season. There's a lot of hope in, in the Christmas season, just a lot of joy. It's kind of funny, uh, and not funny in the sense that it's funny, just strange. It's an unusual fact, but uh, the most people that die during the year will die between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's. It's kind of strange, but it's just that way, at least here in the United States. And one of the reasons is uh, uh, this idea of giving up on hope. I mean, you can live basically uh, to a great degree as long as you want to live once you give up on hope, uh, once you give up on living. Uh, the body may go to function and continue functioning for years, and I'm sure we've all met people like that, but one of the things that makes life worth living and keeps people going, and you wonder how some of these people have all these diseases and problems and major sicknesses and they just keep going and going and going. I'll tell you, there's one reason uh, that's more than any other. It's this little word called hope. And uh, we have a hope. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we look in the book of Lamentations, uh, the name of the book means lament. It means woe. It is a... a uh, song of sorrow, really. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, the Jewish people really, I mean, when it comes to uh, making a sad lamentation, they were exports. They had a whole cast of people that were professional mourners. And I mean, the louder the funeral was, the better it was. Uh, the more the person was missed, uh, was judged, uh, much of what their life was judged about was by the amount of noise that people made at the funeral on the way to the cemetery to bury that person. And uh, many such traditions and, and uh, you know, this, this idea of, of sadness and lamentation. Uh, don't read the book of Lamentations if you're depressed, all right? Uh, there is a lot of Terrible things in the book of Lamentations. Yet, we have this one little passage right in the middle of the book 
that is absolutely unbelievable. And that's where we're going. Lamentations chapter 3. And, uh, oh, just, let's read verse 21. And then we'll, uh, we'll come back and get some of the context here. It says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now, before we go much farther, I want us to kind of put that in context. Uh, Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Look at verse uh, 6. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. Verse 7. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my... He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. Sorry, yes. Um, Look at verse 11. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. Now, that was what Jeremiah was saying. That's where he was. That's what he actually felt. I mean, the city of Jerusalem had been laid level with the ground. Uh, It is absolutely unbelievable the number of people that were starving to death inside the city of Jerusalem. It had been under siege for over a year uh, from the ninth year and the eleventh month until the eleventh year. And I think it was the second month. I'm not sure on those exact months, but something like that. And finally, there was no bread in the city. The people had already turned to cannibalism and uh, eating things that are just absolutely unmentionable for the hard, uh, for the want of food and, and nourishment. And then the armies broke through the walls. And they burned the gates with fire and they destroyed the city of Jerusalem and they sacked the temple. They scraped the gold that had coated that temple and had taken it away. They had broken down the brazen pillars that Solomon had made. says the thickness of the pillars was a handbreadth. Now that's how thick the brass was. They were 45 feet high, solid brass. And the Chaldean army had hit them with hammers and shattered the brass and put it in carts and taken it. There was a sea, it said, that held 10,000 baths of water. And it was for the washing of the sacrifices and all of those things. It had 12 full-size oxen underneath of it, cast of brass to hold it up. And they had broken that sea into pieces so that they could carry it back to Babylon, to the treasure house. They had emptied the city of Jerusalem. Jeremiah watched it all happen. He had watched the destruction of his people. He had prophesied unto them. 
if you will just surrender to the king of Babylon. God will bless you. Zedekiah rebelled. How many of you remember the story after the destruction? He had made Gedaliah the, the uh, uh, mayor or the chief uh, liaison between the children of Israel and Chaldea. And a guy named Ishmael murdered him. They grabbed all of the people that were there. And they went to Jeremiah and they said, Jeremiah, tell us what to do because we want to obey the Lord. And Jeremiah said, stay here and serve the Chaldeans. And what did they do? They went to Egypt in rebellion against the Lord. And Jeremiah followed them to Egypt. And he took stones and buried them in the, in the clay-making place that was there. And he said, You guys fled the king of Babylon. He's going to put his pavilion over these stones and he's going to come down here and the things that you have feared are going to follow you wherever you go because until you become servants of the Most High God, God's judgment will be upon you and upon your children and you're not going to return to the land of promise. Now this was what was going on as Jeremiah was writing the book of Lamentations. And he starts and he says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now how many of you have been in a situation where you just felt like there was no hope? You were just totally discouraged and worn out and frustrated and and despairing. Uh, I love Brother Nielsen's uh, definition of the word discouragement. That's forgetting who God is. And yet Jeremiah had seen things we have no comprehension of. We have no idea. This kind of destruction has really not been on American soil since the days of the Revolution. And we look at this, and here's what Jeremiah says. This I recall to mind, therefore I ha- have I hope. Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. As long as there is life, there is hope with God. Amen? God has given us the greatest gift. It is called life, eternal life. We do not have to worry or be concerned. I just got a letter from an evangelist the other day, and he said, you better get guns and get ready because it's coming. And my thing is, who are you going to shoot? You going to shoot your next door neighbor? You going to shoot the police officers? Are you going to go down to the mosque and start shooting people down there? Hey, hey, let me tell you something. God is still in control. Amen? And listen, I love America. But America's hope is not its people getting a bunch of guns. America's hope is its people turning to God. Amen? 
He has given us life. It's not over yet. I remember preachers writing off and saying, why go to New York City? God doesn't care about New York City. Yes, he does. Amen. He cares about everybody here. He's established a church here. And he's winning people to the Lord. I mean, we wish it was more and much more than it is. But praise God for what is going on. Amen. His compassion has not failed and will never fail. Look at the next verse. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. How many of you love that song? Great is thy faithfulness. I mean, boy, it's just one of the most encouraging songs. How many of you knew that book? That song came out of the book of Lamentations? I mean, some of us did and are aware of that. We need to be reminded of that from time to time. It is the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed. How many times I've heard preachers say, if God doesn't judge America, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Well, God doesn't owe anybody an apology, my friend. And God is judging America. Look at its people. Look at its politicians. Look at what is going on today. We are under God's judgment. But his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. God is still interested in people who are willing to serve him. Amen. He was with Jeremiah. And let me tell you, it's not gotten as bad in, in the United States as it was in Jerusalem in the days of Jeremiah writing Lamentations. Amen. His compassions, his blessings are still there. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. I've told this story many times. Hope you don't mind it here and again, but this was back in the 70s during the Cold War and they were talking about how the, the red hammer and sickle would fly over the White House and they're going to take away our freedoms. And this one preacher boy, he got going. They're going to take away our freedoms and take away our churches and take away our Bibles and all we'll have left is God. Then he stopped and thought about what he said and he said, you know, maybe that's not so bad after all. Well, we have to have lots of things, don't we? Where would you be without your computer? Where would you be without your iPod? Where would you be without your cell phone? Where would you be without all of these things? How did anybody get anything done without a computer? I just don't understand it. I mean, I can't even write a check without the computer anymore. Well, I have written a couple, but nobody can read them. But, uh, I mean, sit there and type that thing out and hit the print button, and there goes that check. Oh, I, I mean, that is just... How did anybody get anything done? The Lord. The Lord. And you'll notice in your Bible that it is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is the, the word that does not denote just master, but the Almighty. That is the Lord God. And it says, the Lord is my portion. Now look at those next three words. Saith my soul. If you lost everything, 
would your soul be satisfied with God? Or would it be longing for all the things that you've lost? There's the difference between Jeremiah. There's where the hope is. To be satisfied with God. To be satisfied. To have the portion. It says, Therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. To the soul that seeketh Him. There is so much wonder in these verses. So often our hope. And I'll, I'll confess to you, one of, one of my great hopes eight years ago, six years ago, was that our president would be a lot different than he is. I had a lot of hope that things would be different. That there wouldn't have been all this compromise and all this slide down into the abyss that we've seen. But I'll tell you what. If your hope is in man, you will be disappointed every time. You, you can't help but being disappointed. Because man is sinful. Man has a heart that will not be obedient to God. Let's look verse 26. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now there's things that God wants us to do. I believe we ought to exercise our righteous citizens. I believe that we ought to uh, say Merry Christmas to everybody we can just to bug the ones that hate it. And, and uh, I like taking that big American flag and sticking it out on the front of the building just to irritate some of our neighbors. Amen. Uh, I mean, there, there are things that we ought to do. Uh, my wife and I went on just a little walk and went around the corner and, and there were all these posters of some nightclub advertising their New Year's Eve thing. I tore them down, threw them in the trash. And uh, say, why, why does that stuff have to be up on the street? Amen? Now, don't tear them down when the guy's putting them up, all right? Wait until he goes and then tear them down. That way they get thrown in the trash and don't get put up somewhere else. Amen? Uh, and you don't get in a fight with the person, whoever it might be. But let me tell you something. It's exercise your rights. Just don't sit there and do nothing. That's not waiting quietly for the Lord. Waiting quietly for His salvation is not sitting there and going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's what eats people up like a cancer. Being worried and being concerned for all of the... Hey, live! Serve God. Amen? Don't fret yourself. What did Psalm 37? Fret not thyself because of the evil man. Don't worry about them. They're going to be there. They always have been there. Even after the millennial kingdom, they're going to gather together as the sand of the sea to assault the new Jerusalem and the camp of the saints. Fire's going to go poof and they're going to be gone. Don't worry about it. Somebody's in control. If my portion is in the Lord, I'm not worried about what the Republicans are doing. And I'll tell you what, there's a part of me that worries about what the Republicans are doing. I'm trying to suppress that. Amen? Because I want my portion to be in the Lord. 
I want my hope to be in God. Look at verse uh, 33. This is important. For he doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. To crush under his feet all the prisoners of the earth. To turn aside the right of a man there before the faith, face of the Most High. To subvert a man in his cause. The Lord approveth not. Now all of these things happen, do they not? Do not men suffer on the face of this earth? Do not the prisoners of this earth get crushed for doing right? I mean, there's, you know, uh, there is there not those that turn aside the right of a man from the face of the Most High? Are not men subverted in their cause? Now, God doesn't approve of any of this stuff. He lets it happen. Does that mean he's responsible for it? No, absolutely not. God is still in control. Sometimes he has us to suffer things for reasons we are totally unaware of. Read the book of Job. God did not take time to explain to Job that I want to slap the devil around a little bit and I'm going to use you to do it. That's really what happened in the book of Job, wasn't it? I mean, the devil got, got him, got, had to eat his words, and I mean, he just disappears in Job chapter 2, and, and that's the end. God won the argument. The only problem was Job had three dear, loving friends. And then God has to step in and straighten Job out at the end of the book, doesn't he? So that he can bless Job. He didn't make Job suffer so he could bless him. Job suffered so that the devil could be taught a lesson. It's a, that was important to God. You say, why is that important to us? Well, Job is an example of patience, amen? And I don't care how much patience you need. You don't need as much as Job did because that what happened to Job is not going to happen to you. You don't have as much stuff as he does, Amen. And praise God, most of us don't have friends like Job did. Amen? I mean, there's something you can praise God about in all these stories, isn't there? But look at what it says here. The Lord doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. Sometimes God is allowing the wicked of this world to fulfill their tale of judgment. Now, tale, I'm talking weight. I'm talking about the entire scope of this thing. God is going to judge the wicked of this earth. But if they didn't do anything bad to anybody, if no innocent people suffered, what's God going to punish them for? Should we rejoice in the fact that these people are going to be punished? No. But we can have understanding that God is not going to let any unjust deed go unpunished. Amen. We can trust God that he is not putting us through something 
just because he wants to hear how loud we scream. Now, I know there's nobody in this room that would ever do things like that, take a poor little kitty or dog or puppy or something like that and poke them and prod them and tease them and, and uh, you know, bang the stick against the fence just to get the little dog yapping at you. Nobody does anything mean like that around here, right? You know, we have a tendency to think that God is like we are. Every once in a while, we just like to go into the aquarium, go into the pet store and tap on the glass to watch the fish go. God doesn't do that. And you ought to stop too, really. <laughs> Poor little fish. God is not like us. He doesn't take us apart to see how we work. I mean, there are some of us, I mean, you get, get, I get Stephen a new toy, and I know what's going to happen to it. He's going to have to deconstruct it piece by piece, and, and if it gets broken in the process, well, there's always glue and tape and stuff to put it back together again. He, he, he comes by it honestly, but um, God will not willingly afflict. Now look at verse 40. Let us search and try each other's ways. Is that what it says? Let us search and try the Democrat ways. Is that what it says? I mean, they need to be searched. They don't need to be searched and tried. They're all wrong anyway. Um, let us search and try our ways. And turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Sometimes God wants us to suffer so that we'll realize there's still sin in our lives. You ever get to the point to where you feel like I'm doing pretty good as a Christian. I am. I'm not having those problems that I used to have. Boy, I mean, God is really doing some... That's when you need to really watch out. The greatest sin in the Bible is pride. And let me tell you, God must judge sin. And the Bible tells us where he's going to start. Right here with his people. That's where God's going to start. Oh, he's going to take care of the Bill Clintons and the Adolf Hitlers and all of the other people that are out there. He's going to take care of them in his time. But what he wants us to do is he wants us to search our ways, to try our hearts, and turn again unto the Lord. And I go back to the question, when do we stop hoping? When we see him face to face. You study the history of Jesus' church, and there has been much suffering and deprivation and death and, and imprisonment and all kinds of things over the years. We have it easy today. 
as we look around us, let us not get so wrapped up in what's going on that we forget there is a God. Amen. My soul, he said, saith, the Lord is my portion. The deep down desires of who and what I am desire just to be with the Lord and to understand His Word. This is His, my hope. He says, this I recall to mind. I still have life. I still have an opportunity to serve Him. His compassions are new every morning. They fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. The Lord will not afflict willingly. All we need to do is search our ways, turn back to Him. And we can enjoy the grace and the blessings of God even in the time of great destruction. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And Lord, we thank you for this book called Lamentations. We ask that you would help us to live these truths that are nestled in with all of this suffering and sorrow. We ask you to do your work in each heart and life. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just give you an opportunity. If you want to come and spend a few moments at the altar, and then we'll enter into our prayer time. If you need to come, now is the time. All God's people said, Amen. All right, take your prayer list if you would. Let's go over that quickly here. Um, under health, a new one, Morgan Lee. That's uh, Bob and Becky Max. Uh, she's number three. Uh, she got a cut. I think it was on her leg or something like that. And she's gotten a strep infection in the cut. And her leg is swollen up. And, of course, the main concern there is that uh, she has got uh, Dacron, or it's actually a fabric that was sewn inside her heart to repair her heart. And the bacteria is in the blood, and it can actually embed itself into that uh, material. And if it does, uh, that would be almost, uh, that would be very, very critical. And so she is in the hospital. Uh, she just went into the hospital last night. Uh, we tried to have uh, Andrew and Bobby were born on the same day, so somewhere around the birthdays we tried to have the two cousins contact each other and 
Bob had said he hadn't even gotten a chance to send an email to anyone uh, about that. And so if you would please keep little Morgan, she's the Down syndrome child. And um, so please keep her uh, in prayer if you would. Um, keep Candy's uh, hearing in prayer. I talked to the judge, not the judge himself, but one of the clerks there in the court. Uh, it was a week ago Thursday, and he said the decision has been made. It's been in writing. I sent a letter to try to speed up that process. And uh, so just uh, uh, pray for that if you would. Um, of course, keep uh, the Lim family in prayer. I guess George won't be back until the 28th or something of December. Uh, he's... Uh, there with the family. His mother just passed away rather suddenly. And, uh, of course, uh, keep the Rivera family in prayer uh, with this accident. Uh, still trying to figure out a lot of stuff. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's just really, like I said, it's just kind of strange. So just pray for, pray for them, if you would. And uh, Elena uh, Davidoff, uh, she is trying to find an apartment here in the Astoria area, so if anybody can find and knows of anything uh, cheap or a good price, uh, let us know, and we'll try to let Elena know she'd like to move up this way. And, um, of course, keep our missionaries in prayer, if you would. Uh, one very encouraging thing, uh, I don't know how much details I ought to give on this, but... Uh, we support Brother Mike Radabaugh uh, there in South Africa, and uh, he's going to be coming home for a visit uh, the day after Christmas. And uh, he, he's hoping to take, his dad said he's hoping to take things back to South Africa he needs for the ministry. Uh, the implication is possibly a wife. And so uh, <laughs> pray about that if you would. I mean, we want God's will, but... Uh, and, and that's all we want, but uh, he's going to be, uh, I guess I'm allowed to say this, he's going to be meeting Joanna Marshall uh, there in West Virginia. And so pray about that if you would. Um, uh, Brother Mike is a very fine young man, and uh, of course Joanna's a very fine young woman, and if God put them together, that'd be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? And uh, I think Uncle Ted had something to do with that. But... Uh, So, uh, keep it in prayer, amen, if you would. And um, let me see if there's anything else. 